0: We talk Kings Oilers, the LA Kings in 2023, and look ahead as well with Austin Stanovich of the Hockey News on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Kings fans! Welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show, and we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past thirty years, twenty plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network also host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com locked on to get started. Well, happy new year, As we get into 2024, we are going to have a little bit of a different show today to ring in the new year. Uh, We are going to have a recap of the game against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, Uh, but we're also going to welcome in a special guest to talk about that game and the Kings so far uh, and looking ahead as well. And his name is Austin Stanovich. He is with the Hockey News and covers the LA Kings, as well as another team that's in Orange County, which we will not talk about. Hey, Austin, uh, how are you? Happy New Year.
1: I'm doing fantastic. Happy to, you know, make my second appearance on this podcast. Always a blast coming on here, talking Kings hockey with you, and
0: happy New Year to you as well. Uh, great to have you. Um, unfortunately, we're going to talk about the Kings closing out 2023, the way they ended the season the last two years, and that was with what they lost to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, if you missed it, let me give you a quick recap. Uh, Kings, who haven't had great starts recently, solid first period, uh, scored a couple of goals, including one on the power play, breaking a slump there uh, to take a 2 nothing lead. Kevin Fiala, his eighth of the year, Kempe and Dowdy had the assists, And then the second goal, uh, Adrian Kempe gets his 12th of the season. Uh, I should say Kevin Fiala uh, his, got the goal on that one. Am I fl- No, I'm not flipping that right. Uh, it was it was Kempe. Kempe got the uh, the goal um, uh, 2 nothing after one period. Uh, Second period, the Oilers would uh, strike back power play goal from Connor McDavid, and then they score on a four-on-four. McDavid setting up sidle. so we're tied 2-2 going to the third. No scoring in the third, no scoring in overtime. We go to the shootout, and Edmonton, unfortunately, gets the extra point, skates off with a 3-2 victory. Uh, We do have a quick look at the game stats here in this one. Uh, The Kings do outshoot Edmonton just barely, 28-26. Both teams one for four on the power play. Face-offs just a very slight advantage for the Kings, twenty-eight to twenty-seven. Block shots goes to Edmonton, sixteen to twelve, and a very uh, rare game where the Kings out-hit an opponent, twenty-three to sixteen. That doesn't happen too often with the Kings this year, but they do fall to twenty-eight and five, six. Or excuse me, seven, six and four at home, and they wrap up that stretch of seven straight games against Pacific Division opponents, going four, two and one. So Austin, uh, looking at the game against the Oilers um you know a little bit of a different uh, feel because of the recent history i guess between the two teams kind of felt like a you know a little bit of a playoff atmosphere there i know you were there also at crypto.com arena but just your general thoughts uh as far as the kings and what we've seen so far uh well let's actually specifically let's talk about what we saw in the game against the oilers
1: yeah you kind of mentioned it was the almost the opposite of what we've seen from them in recent games they came out really hot in the first period I mean absolutely dominated that period frankly ended up up to nothing and then Phil Deneau made the point after the game that it was really getting into penalty trouble in the second letting them get momentum on that power play that the Kings are very familiar with the Kings have you know taken a lot of damage from that power play in recent years and Connor McDavid did it again and that got the ball rolling for Edmonton and once they get rolling it's very difficult to stop them certainly the Kings weren't bad in that game by any means I mean it's going to be tough if you only score two goals against Edmonton, but they also made it tough on the Kings. And I think the standout for me it's always going to be the matchups in that game. The Kings got the matchups they wanted to. You know, they got Koptar out there against Dry Those two lines, Kings won that battle all night. I mean, that top line was all over the Dry line, got their one goal, probably a little unlucky not to get more. The DeNo line matches up with the McDavid line, and they kind of just, they, I don't want to be. Insulting them, they hung on for dear life, which is kind of what you do when Connor McDavid's on the kind of streak he has. They kept him off the score sheet at five on five, so they do their job. And then you look to that third line matchup, the Dubois line versus the Derek Ryan line. And I think Dubois did have a good game. I agree with Todd McClellan after the game that he played well. They didn't find the score sheet. Arthur Kaliev, I don't like, you know, I don't say this lightly, he was awful last night. And that really did not help the Kings. That really stunted that line and did not allow them to win that matchup in the way they should have the way the kings matched it up that really needed to be a line that took over the game that had at least a goal and i think if you have just for sake of argument victor arvidsson who's out with injury right now instead of arthur kelly this is a completely different game because of that matchup so a little unlucky there you get pegged by Connor mcdavid on the power play and then again in another you know not special teams but special situation four and four. it's gonna happen against that team and then the shootout's kind of a lottery so i I don't think that there's much to learn from last night's game, really. It was just a tough, tough opponent. It's always going to be tight, physical. We saw that kind of nastiness in that game. And those those games are always going to be kind of a shot in the dark, you know. And again, I think looking to the future, what the positive thing is that your top six matchup, you got what you wanted. I think the Kings did well in that. And in the future, you just need that third line to really take over the game.
0: Yeah, and uh, Kalia actually got uh, benched uh, for a few shifts there uh, in the third period uh, as well. So we'll see if there's any changes going forward in the game coming up against Toronto as far as that goes. But obviously the big spotlight going into this game was the Kings' number one ranked penalty kill against the Oilers' top five power play and a power play that we've seen do so much damage recently, especially in the playoffs. And it's a very small sample size, but was there anything you took away from this matchup as far as how the Kings power penalty kill did against their power play again one for four for Edmonton with the man advantage
1: oh they did great I mean again I think it's such a stark improvement from what we saw really in the last two years against Edmonton they made they had that huge kill on the five on three in the second period which kind of grabbed a little bit of momentum back for the Kings give up one to that power play it is what it is again when Connor McDavid scoring two points a game right now you're kind of at his mercy to an extent right like you can't be that upset that he got a goal on the power play because that's kind of what he does especially a goal like the one he scored where he comes from the goal line and beats your goalie up top and what what are you going to do about that there's nothing the the kings moved that diamond where you give up almost that exact play because 99% of the league isn't scoring from that spot he's the one that can do it and you, you kind of Put your hands up and say, Conor McDavid beat us. It's going to happen. One for four, you're happy with that. I think in a normal situation across the series, if you're going one for four every game, you like your chances.
0: And obviously good to see the Kings get a power play goal. It has not been a strength for them this season as it was last year. Um, Do you think the power play, other than possibly an addition of Victor Arvidsson at some point, but do you think the power play of the Kings at this point basically is what it is, or do you think that there is a way the Kings can significantly improve at this point, or is it kind of, this is the way it is this year. It's just not going to be great. It's just going to be average at best. Uh,
1: when Victor Arvidsson comes back, or if they can somehow find a way to get another right-handed shot to play the front of the net, I think we'll, they'll go back to being the dominant power play we saw last season. That that power. If you have not gone and listened to Jack Han on uh, all the Kingsman podcasts last year, who was an assistant coach with Jim Hiller, with the Toronto Marlies I encourage everyone to go and do that because he breaks down so well why the handedness of the net front man is so important and for this Kings power play they need a righty in front to be able to pop out and make quick plays to unlock penalty kills and they don't have that right now their only righty up front are Trevor Lewis who's not a power play guy he never has been and Alex LaFerrier who is a rookie probably isn't trusting those situations and maybe isn't the right fit for that net front spot so they're kind of at the mercy of when does Victor Arvidsson come back? There's not a lot There's not a lot they can do outside of that. The one thing I think that could be interesting, especially we talked about Kaliev struggling, maybe some lineup changes is bringing Sammy Fagamo up, who we know is such a threat on the power play, and essentially flipping the second unit so that they run it out of the right side and the one-time threats on the left side. I think that is an option. You then stick Bill Dubois in front where he's had a lot of success in his career and you can run it that way. That's maybe the only switch I can see without just waiting on Victor arbertson
0: After every Kings game, we usually talk on the show about what we liked and what we didn't like about the game. Is there anything in particular that you did like about the Kings performance against the Oilers? Um, anything, you, anything that kind of struck you as far as that?
1: On a positive, I think that was the best – the Kings have dealt with Edmonton physically over the last two years. I think at times they were pushed around by that team. I don't think we saw that last night. I think uh, I was talking to Connor Doyle or Rink Lords on Twitter. That first shift when you see Phil Deneau dump the puck in and just full tilt try and put Evan Bouchard through the glass, that's what you want to see in a rivalry game. Like he's a physical player, but you don't often see those kinds of plays from him. And when you see that, you know this team's engaged. This team is physically willing to stand up. And I think we saw that in a very – I think that was a very positive thing from that game. I also, he didn't get on the score sheet, and a lot of people were upset with him. I thought Pierre Dubois had a very good game. I think if he had a, I don't want to put the blame on his line mates because I don't think that's fair to them, and I think that's cutting him too much slack. But I do think if you had another player of a higher quality on his line, I think they get a goal. I think, I said it after the Vegas game, I think if he repeats that same night every single night, the points will come, and he's going to be a very impactful player for the Kings. So even though there's a lot of disappointment because he didn't, Get onto the score sheet, I was pretty pleased with how Pierre Dubois played actually.
0: I don't know if you were able to, it's something that ju- I noticed. I know Vladislav Gavarkov was physically matching up really well against Leon Dreisidel. Uh was physical with him against the boards, even had Dreisidel uh get frustrated and take a penalty against him as well. So that was nice to see because Dreisidel can be a beast as we saw in the playoffs last year. Uh certainly liked the start for the Kings, thought they were the better team five on five, and again, good to see him get a power play goal and snap out of that. Was there anything in particular you didn't like about what the Kings did against the Oilers?
1: I mean, Tom McClellan said it kind of after the game, the play of Arthur Kaliev, I don't think anyone would like that even already. He was he struggled all night, um, but getting outside of just kind of bagging on him, the penalty kill was good, but I think they put themselves in more penalty kill situations than you would like against that team. I think you have to stay more disciplined. A couple offensive zone penalties that you maybe don't need to take a couple just ill-disciplined plays, and you need to score more than two against the uh, Edmonton Oilers if you're going to win games. I just complimented Pierre-Luc Dubois with that line as a whole needs to be more productive.
0: And I know Todd McClellan has talked about the Kings playing in pieces, I think he calls it that, and we've kind of seen that lately, right? There's no, There hasn't been that three periods of great hockey. They had a good first against the Flames, and they took a bunch of penalties and got out of their game not great starts against the Sharks and Golden Knights, and then they get a good start against the Oilers and kind of can't sustain it through. Did you feel like it's another one of those game where they're good in pieces but not putting it all together?
1: I definitely think there's an element of that. I also, personally, that kind of thing worries me less against the top teams like the Oilers than it does against the Sharks or the Flames where they should dominate for 60 minutes. I don't think it's very realistic to expect them to come in and dominate for 60 minutes against another team that's a cup contender. I mean, that's just – teams don't really do that, generally speaking. So I think it's okay to have those swings of momentum where you're going to carry play for a while, the other team's going to carry play for a while, and then it becomes how do you do your damage when you're carrying play and how do you mitigate damage when it's coming back the other way. I thought the Kings did okay in that. Again, the penalty trouble in the second period, as Phil Deneau talked about after the game, really – I think was a big problem for them. It also puts so much stress on those high-end penalty kill guys like your Gavacroves, your da- daddy played over 30 minutes. And I mean, it puts so much stress on those guys when you keep having to back to back to back kill penalties in one period. So certainly it's something to keep an eye on. I'm not as concerned in the playing in pieces against those top teams. So I think it's just part of those kind of games.
0: Well, that was the first of four games against the Oilers this year. Certainly was a uh, competitive, eventful game. And uh, we'll see one more at Crypto and then two in Edmonton coming up later on in the year. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what we've seen from the Kings in 2023 this season. We'll do that uh, with Austin Stanovich here coming up on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than now. The app is super easy to use, got a wide range of betting options, including betting on point spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Obviously, uh, you could love to bet on the NFL if you're a football fan, but of course, the NHL is certainly an option as well, which you're a fan of, if you're watching this show, Uh King's taking on the Maple Leafs. So want to place a bet on that? Think the over-under will be less or more than six and a half goals? Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and you can place a bet all season long on the NHL and the NFL as well. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, we welcome back in Austin Stanovich from the Hockey News. And, Uh, Austin, we've had 33 games for the Kings this season as we turn the calendar on 2023. Uh, Certainly successful, 28 and 5, sixth in the conference, and they've got games in hand on everybody in front of them. Uh, Hopefully they can take advantage of that. Uh, Barring some sort of cataclysmic disaster, there's no way this team's not making the playoffs. Obviously, been amazing on the road, okay at home. Your thoughts on what we've seen from the Kings from this season in 2023?
1: Yeah, I mean, they've been fantastic to start the season. They've been a little slower of late since that loss against the Islanders. They're playing right around 500 hockey. But as Tom McClellan said quite a few times now, they weren't going to play 800 hockey for the rest of the season. It just doesn't happen. So it's not a big worry. But you look at the numbers, they're third in the league in points percentage. I think second or third in the league in goals four per game. They're the best team in terms of goals against per game. All their analytics, they're top three, if not number one in the league. So it's been a very successful start to the year for them. Now it becomes, can you sustain it? Uh, especially I think can Cam Talbot continue to be one of the better goals in the league? Certainly the best value for money goal in the league. That was obviously a concern for them coming into the year is what the goaltending looks like. And I think Cam Talbot exceeded everyone's expectations. And now it becomes, can he, can he hold, like, can he, again, sustain that for an entire season? If he can, you're in a great spot. Uh, you're also looking at some other guys that are having huge seasons. Can Trevor Moore? continue to be a guy that scores at a 4 Eagle pace? Can Quentin Byfield prove that across the full season he is a true first-line player, which he's been this year? And can Adrian Kempe continue being a superstar and point-per-game player if all those things happen? I mean, you're looking at a real powerhouse team, um, and it's just now about proving that they can keep doing it.
0: And Andre Kopitar, you just, you, we shouldn't take him for granted, but at his age, what he's doing this season uh, has really been remarkable. It's such a joy to see because he's such a great ambassador for this team on and off the ice. I've said it for a little while now. He, obviously he's not done. I think he's the greatest King of all time, but just what he's doing this year has really been impressive. Oh yeah. It, it's, it defies all
1: logic to me. Like there's no way a guy at his age should be doing what he does uh, Zach Dooley sent a tweet out about him. I think he said it was the best season, best counter year he's had since like 14. I don't remember what the exact one was, but best counter year he's had a long time. He's, other than Sidney Crosby, he has the most points for 35 plus players. I mean, the guy's just never stops. And I I think it's almost, I won't say it's expected because you should never expect a guy at his age to be doing this, but he's also a guy that benefits from, he was never blazing fast. He didn't have that speed. He was all about, strength and hockey IQ, which isn't gonna go away anytime soon. And I also give a lot of credit to the organization and to Todd McClellan for setting him up for success this season. They put two of maybe the fastest guys in the NHL in Adrian Kipping and Quentin Byfield on his line, two guys that can keep up with his skill and his speed of thought. And I think that's going a long way in keeping Andre as productive as he's been because it, it helps so much when he has his only you know weakness if you want to call it that is speed and he's got two guys that more than make up for it on his wing. And I think that helps a lot too.
0: You mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of the comments from fans uh, as much as I have. Uh, And I know when you go out and you pay a a player big money, you're expecting some bang for your buck. Uh, I've tried to tell people, look, it's a new team. It's a new system. He's on the third line. He's not playing on the the top line like he has with his other teams. That having been said, uh, there are certain moments where, it's hard not to, you know, feel like he's not exactly pulling his weight. Um, what has been your thoughts so far? We talked about through the first 30 games or so for Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I know we're going to look a little bit more ahead in a second, but what do you think? Do you see him improving the rest of the season, and, and when it becomes the most important time, playoff time, that he's that's when we're going to kind of see what an asset he can be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Pierre-Luc Dubois from a production sp- standpoint if nothing else is going to improve i think his time so far with the team is a tough one to talk about at times i think there's a lot of things going on that are true i think that without question he has not been good enough he is not producing enough points he cannot finish the season at the current pace he's on i also think it's true that he hasn't been put in the best spot to succeed by the organization right now i don't think having alex Ferrier, who has been very good this year but is a rookie has not been overly consistent again as expected for a player at his age, and a player, Arthur Kaliev, who's struggled at different times, and I don't think compliments Pierre Lucibau very well. I don't think those things are doing him any favors. It's also difficult for him to come in, learn a new system, a very specific system as well, new team, all those kinds of things that are working against him. So I, I think it, it's a couple different things going on. Where I get why fans are frustrated. And say I don't care about context. We're paying this guy eight and a half million dollars. We give up all this these assets for him. He has to start producing and. I get that. Sure. I think there's, you know, I think that's a to an extent that's a, a fair stance to have on it. But also we can recognize that he hasn't been put in a great spot to succeed. What he's, you know, he's dealing with a tough situation. I think he's improved in some of the small areas of the game. His face-off percentage in recent weeks has been significantly better than they've ever been in his career, which I think is huge. I think he's still adapting to being a more defensively responsible center, which he's never really done for a sustained period and I know Tom McClellan's asking from him the one thing I don't I I see a lot I think he's a guy that got hit with the he's lazy or doesn't try hard tag early in his career and I think that's something that just sticks with you and is impossible to get rid of at times I don't I've never looked at him and thought this guy's lazy I don't think he's a buzzsaw like Trevor Moore but I think he's a guy that because he got that top that tag every time he stands up straight and doesn't you know power his way through every stride at 100 miles an hour. Like, oh, look at Pierre-Luc Dubois being lazy again. I don't agree with that. I think those criticisms are unfair to him. But, again, I think there's two sides. I I get the criticism. I think a lot of it's fair. But also I think we have to recognize these things that are working against him. And certainly I think it, it will improve. I think they will find a line that works better for him than the current one. And when that happens, the production will come with what has been better play of late.
0: All right, so a look at what the Kings have done in 2023. Up next, we'll turn the page, uh, flip the calendar, and talk a little about what we expect going forward in 2024. We'll do that here next on Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. And I want to let you know that you don't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event because if you do what I do and use the Game Time app, You're going to enjoy what you're getting for all of your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Again, I've used Game Time to buy tickets to NHL and NFL games this season. I'm a very satisfied customer. The app is very easy to navigate. They've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, and the best price guaranteed. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. And I love it. You can view your seats before you buy it. You know exactly what you're going to get when you get there into your seats. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All-in prices show you the total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with the app. Just download GameTime and create an account. Use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code, download the app, and go to LOCKEDONNHL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Game Time. download it today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And the LA Kings are going to face the Toronto Maple Leafs 7 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. Back with Austin Stanovich here in uh, Austin. Uh, as I said, the Kings uh, are going to be a playoff team. Uh, we just saw them wrap up a season series against the Golden Knights going one, one, and one. That is a first round playoff match up as it stands right now. What would your thoughts be on a Kings Golden Knights playoff series?
1: I think that would be must-watch TV. I think that would be maybe the best first-round matchup in hockey right now if it was to happen. And I think the Kings, I don't think you can be you know, overly confident going in there and thinking you're the favorites against the Golden Knights. They're defending cup champs and still look very good. But I certainly think that is a matchup they can win. It comes down to a lot of things I kind of talk, touched on earlier with can Cam Talbot sustain this? Can the couple guys having huge seasons sustain it? And one of the biggest things I think heading the playoffs is how does Victor Robertson look when he comes back? I think he's going to be such a game changer for them. He's been one of the best players for the Kings, one of the most creative players for the Kings over the last few seasons. And as we mentioned earlier, his impact on the power play is going to be huge. If they can get back to being one of the best power plays in hockey, in addition to having the best penalty kill in hockey, it's the kind of thing that can really win a series for you. And, the way Andre Koptar is playing, he can match up with Jack Eichel. Then you have Phil Deneau to match up with either Carlson or Stevenson, whichever matchup you prefer. And then again, you're looking at can Pierre-Luc Dubois with whoever ends up being on his line after Victor Arvids comes back, really flip that series for you. That's, he, that's what Rob Blake said when he acquired Pierre-Luc Dubois. Those are the situations you want him for in the playoffs when games get really tight, really chippy. That's that's when he, he thinks Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a difference maker. And if, he can do that i think the kings can make a deep run and will make a deep run
0: do you have a, a new year's resolution for the la kings uh, something you'd like to see them definitely improve on uh, for this coming season
1: <laughs> uh pierre luke dubois starting to find the net it's definitely one of them but uh other than that they're playing so well it's hard to pick out you know, getting kind of nitpicky to pick out something that they really need to improve on, but uh, I think. Let me ask. Let
0: me ask you this: What would you like to see them be better at in twenty twenty four? A more consistent power play, or be a better team at home? Ooh, that's a really good one.
1: Uh, I'll say a better team at home. I think that one's because that one to me has got to be more mental. I think there's positives on the horizon again. Victor Arvidsson coming back for the power play, but at home, I think that it's it's just a mental block at this point for this team. So I think that that would be a good news resolution for them is to figure out whatever's whatever bad juju they have going into that locker room kind of get it out of there and, and really start looking like the team they look like on the road at home
0: and any favorite moments uh that kind of stand out for you to close out 2023 anything that kind of sticks in your mind uh individually or as a team for the kings last year
1: yeah i was gonna i was thinking about that for a while earlier when you told me about it and i was Trying to pick out one of the Andre Kopitar milestones or records, I was like, God, the guy mm. hit or broke forty of them this year. Like, <laughs> I pick one, so I, I think the uh, Dustin Brown jersey retirement and statue unveiling has got to be the top moment for the Kings in 2023 for me. Just he meant so much to the organization for so many reasons, and I think the organization really knocked it out of the park with that whole ceremony and how they handled that. So for me, that was that was the standout moment in 2023.
0: Yeah, and, and seeing that and knowing what happened with Jonathan Quick, I hope that in the not-too-distant future, and I know Quick's doing insanely well with the Rangers, maybe, though, in the not-too-distant future, we can have a really special moment like with Jonathan Quick like that and kind of close that chapter and, and the way we kind of all want it to. But you're right. I thought that was a, a great moment with uh, the way the, the whole thing went with Dustin Brown was really amazing. Uh, Austin, it's always amazing having you on the show. Really appreciate you giving some of your time. Uh, You guys uh, should obviously be following uh, Austin on uh, X or Twitter. He's at A Stanovich, uh, S-T-A-N-O-V-I-C-H. And, of course, you can check out his work at thehockeynews.com. Austin, again, great great insights. I love uh, talking Kings hockey with you. Uh, Thanks again for your time. And, as I said, Happy New Year.
1: Absolutely. I love coming on every time, Eddie. Anytime you want me, I'll be on here. And Happy New Year to you as well.
0: All right, really appreciate it. Thanks, Austin. And again, uh, we'll we'll look forward to talking to you again uh, later on this season. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we thank Austin Stanovich for joining us, and we thank you for joining us as well. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on Kings every day, coming up on Tuesday's show, we'll obviously preview the Kings-Maple Leafs matchup. Wednesday, we'll recap that game. Thursday, preview the Kings-Red Wings. Friday, recap that game. And also, it's a Friday matchup. Fan feedback show as well. Hope you'll join us all week here on Locked on LA Kings. You want to send an email? The email address is locked on Eddie at gmail.com, E D D I E. Uh, And also, uh, you can always post your comments if you're watching on YouTube as well in the YouTube section. And you can stay interact with us uh, on social media, X, Twitter, Instagram, at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks again for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, Go Kings, go.